Hey guys, welcome to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where two best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And we have a special guest today. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, it's William. Again! Yay! Um, so it's our one year anniversary episode. Can you believe it? It's been a whole year. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, it's probably been longer than a year because, you know, we skipped out on some episodes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like when Lacey didn't have electricity and then, uh, what happened to me? Something happened to me. I don't remember. Um, so this is, it's our 52nd episode. So I'm just counting it like as the year episode. 50. Yeah. That's a year, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) okay um so that's why we're having william on because it's a special episode and he chose the book for this week for our listeners pick so we figured since he was going to read it too we might as well get his opinion so we're going to talk about the sanatorium by sarah pierce but before we do that we will do our suck and sweep so Lacey, what's your suck for the week my vacation is over (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately well did you have a good time yeah we had a good time well that's good what all did you do we hit up the spas almost every day (laughs) and then we we tried to dig for diamonds at the diamond crater but that didn't work out oh. oh you didn't find anything no like how often I've been wanting people... to go to that diamond crater. Is that was that pretty cool? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you basically just sit there and dig in the dirt all day, but you can <laughs> dig with whatever you want to as long as it's not motorized. Mm-hmm. So we spent quite a while out there, and it's only ten bucks a person. So you know, hmm. do they give you stuff to use? Yeah, whatever you find, you can take home. And there's no, usually oh, a diamond I... found a week. Really? Do they give you tools though, or you out of you? Gotta, you gotta you can them. rent them from them with a deposit, or you can bring your own. Uh, okay, okay. So, like, when people find a diamond a week, how big are we talking? It varies. Mm, okay. Well, that sounds fun. Um, it, you were in Hot Springs, right? Yes. Is that like a big spa area, like? Yeah, like bathhouse row. Oh, okay. That's so like nice. we were right around the corner and within like a quarter mile of all the bathhouses. Ooh. And it looked really pretty just from the pictures you posted. It's very like picturesque. Oh, it's so pretty. Oh, well, I'm still jealous even though you're home. It's okay. It's okay. okay. You can come next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> William, what's your suck for the week? Uh, I am struggling to find a soft dog toy that my dog cannot destroy in minutes. Mm. Like, they're so cute. Amen. She loves them so much, <laughs> but she's just a destroyer. I got this super tough orange bull, and she's so cute playing with it, but the horn was ripped off in, I would say, less than 15 minutes. Oh, Even the stuff it? that's guaranteed to last does oh, not last. She's really? she mm-hmm. takes pride in her destroyability. <laughs> How old is she now? 
Uh, she is a year and a half. Um, yeah, it's hard. Um, we finally got some from Target, and it's this one particular brand that sometimes they have and sometimes they don't. And this donut, he just now ripped it open, and he's had it, like, probably two years. But he ripped the tag, so the tag did come off, so I don't remember what brand it is. But he also has um, an alligator in it. An alligator, a donut, and the alligator's like a squeakless, like it squeaks, but only dogs can hear it. Is it so tough stuff? I don't know. Because I bought her a donut from Target that was like uh-huh. this really, it was red and really hard. Like I know, it, this it, it had a soft exterior, but it was mm-hmm. like, it was tough. And it said, guaranteed to last in five minutes. I think she made it through Dude, you should, like, contact the companies and, like, send them a picture of this and be like, hey, this shit does not last. We've got the same problem. Even the ones from, like, BarkBox that say they're, like, guaranteed. Yeah. (laughs) And they have a guarantee Mm -hmm. where if they do tear them up, you can exchange them. And we've done that a few times with just every time she tears it up, too. Have you – have y'all tried the Kongs? I mean, it's not, like, a toy, but, like, the rubber Kong that has a hole in it. She doesn't destroy rubber things. Like, mm. it, like I don't know if she doesn't have the desire, but we've got a couple of rubber ones uh, that she won't destroy. It just, you can tell she doesn't like it as much. <laughs> like, she loves animal-shaped fluff toys <laughs> to death. She loves them until they are dead. Yeah, it's like, as soon as we give Rusty a new toy, it's his goal to get the squeaker out. And then you know what I do when he gets it out? I throw it away in front of him and make him watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is what happens when you destroy this. (laughs) Uh, Adley has a squeaker. I don't know what toy it came from, but it's like (laughs) a baseball-sized squeaker, and she can make the craziest sounds. Like there are musical instruments that don't make as many sounds as she gets out of the squeaker. I'll take a picture of the donut and send it to you, and we'll see if we can if you can find it. Sounds it's a, good. Well, I got a lot of sucks for the week, dude. Oh, sucky week. Okay, number one. Remember last episode, I was talking about I was going to the dermatologist, and I was, like, really anxious about it. Well, it turns out I had good reason because I had to have three biopsies and a removal on my arm with stitches. Uh um, I haven't heard back Yikes. on the biopsies. Yeah, I know. I haven't heard back on the biopsies yet. So if they come back bad, they're going to have to go in and like remove it until they get clean margins, which sucks because the spot could be like the size of a pea, but they're going to have to take the size of like a freaking golf ball out just to make sure they get oh, clean no. margins. Girl, it's a pain in the ass. So if people listening, if you haven't been to the dermatologist ever or in the past year, you need to get your butt up there. And get yourself checked. It doesn't was matter. That, uh, was the mole on your butt? Because that would be a fantastic pun. No. You were like, it's a pain <laughs> in my ass. No, but they, <laughs> they, they check everywhere. Like, between my toes, on the bottom of my feet. I mean, she checked. She made me take my hair down, and she went all through my scalp. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter what color skin you have everyone is at risk for skin cancer especially if you spend a lot of time in the sun in fact my doctor told me 
usually skin cancer is deadlier in darker complected people because they either a don't go to the dermatologist or they don't catch it soon enough. So everyone should go. Um, obviously like I'm more prone to melanoma and things like that because I'm fair skinned and freckled. And like, as soon as I walk out in the sun, it like attacks me, but it can, it can get anyone. So if you're listening and you think you're not going to get it, you need to go to the dermatologist. That I'll get off my soapbox now. Lacey, have you made your appointment yet? No. She did look at it, though, when I did my facial, and she didn't uh-huh. think it's anything to be concerned about, but I'm going to go check just in case. Yeah, just go for, like, your yearly check. I mean, if you have insurance, it covers it. It's 100%, so just go. It's uncomfortable, but... You know, what doctor is comfortable, am I right? Second sucks for the week. I wake up this morning. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I log into work at 8 a.m. and I wake up at about 7.55. Um, <laughs> so I work. Because why not? <laughs> right. Why not? Um, I woke up early today at 7.50. And Steve came in and he's like holding our dog, Jackson, the schnauzer. And he's like, hey, I'm really worried about him because... We were coming in from our walk and he stepped on something and he like wouldn't put any weight. He was holding his leg all the way up to his body and he was breathing like frantically, like panting. And then we were trying to look at his leg and his foot and he was not having it. He tried to bite us. He was trying to bite his foot. I mean, it's just very odd behavior. So, yeah, and he's old and he doesn't act like that. So we kind of got freaked out. We're like, okay, well, we're going to take him to the vet. So I had to call into work. I get him up to the vet. Luckily, they were like, oh, yeah, we'll work you in. Go ahead. So we went up there, and um, we get into the room, and I, I carried him the whole way. I set him on the table. He's standing up just fine, putting weight on his foot. And I'm like, bro. So the vet comes in, <laughs> and he's so, he's so well-behaved. The vet goes. He grabs his leg. He looks, you know, through the pads on his foot. He's like digging in there, and he's just like behaving. And I was like, "Why did you try to bite us when we looked at it?" So then he squeezes his tummy and he farts so loud. The vet was like, "Oh, he checked his whole leg, his hip. He's like, I don't feel a break. I didn't find anything in there. Maybe it's just a sprain. Gave him some pain pills." I took this fucker to Starbucks, got him a puppuccino, sprinkled his little pain pill on top. He slept all day. He's fine. He's jumping on and off the couch. The vet's like, oh, keep him off of it. Don't take him for a walk. This fucker's jumping on the couch and shit. I can't keep him still. And I had to call him to work for this. He just wanted a mom day. That's all he wanted. Yeah. I guess. And I had to spend $80 on this. He really just wanted the puppuccino. <laughs> I think that's what yeah. it was. And, and the cuddles. Yes, and so I had him in the front seat with me because he was the only dog in the car, and the lady hands me his puppuccino, and I put it in the cup holder, and he tries to go ham, and I'm like, no, dude, we got to get home first, so I'm like having to put my hand over the puppuccino so he can't freaking get to it until we get home. Okay, last suck for the week. I told you it was a sucky week. The mailman is driving me crazy. USPS, if you're listening, you are on my list. I had a package Saturday out for delivery, right? Um, it's like 7 o'clock. I'm still checking it because I'm not going to walk all – this is how lazy I am. I'm not going to walk all the way down there until it says delivered, right? 
but it never says delivered. I'm like, okay, maybe the dipshit just forgot to scan it, like whatever. So I walked down there and the mailbox, there's like two letters, but I'm like, where's my freaking package? And it was a shirt that I was going to wear on Sunday. And then about 7.30, it updated. It said, oh, no access to mail room. I'm like, funny, you had access to put these fucking bills in my mailbox, but you can't put my freaking shirt in there. So then today, it said, like, I'm like, okay, maybe he'll deliver it today. Nothing. It is 6.20, and my mailbox is still freaking empty. And I had two other things out for delivery today. So, mailman, I don't know what you're doing, but if I find you, mm. Mm-mm. That's it. That's my son. <laughs> Doesn't that not piss you off though? Like I'm sitting here waiting. Like Yeah. They've been pretty bad lately. Uh, and then like, oh, it's due to COVID. Like what in COVID now is making the mail run slower? Nobody wants to work. They're short staffed. Oh, <laughs> At least it comes to your house. I got a I got an address that's very similar to a guy that lives a block away from me and um, they will him and I just exchange packages all the time. Are you serious? Yeah, just I'll, <laughs> I won't even know my package has been delivered and I'll get a ring on my doorbell and it's my neighbor from down the street. He's like, hey, I think this is yours. I didn't order anything. And I've had to take oh, two or three over to him. My God. Like, does I, the mailman not see the name? Uh, Well, our streets are connected like. It's it's one solid movement. It's not a stop sign or anything. And we just have one name difference. So oh. it's almost an identical. And they even start with the same letter. Uh, oh, my. So he's a William, too? Oh, no. The name. Well, the mailman doesn't know my name. Well, you would. Okay. But common sense would say if you're delivering mail every day to the same house, like you're going to start remembering names, no? The, the packages don't go in the mailbox. They just drop them off on the porch usually. The mailbox oh, is okay. like a community mailbox. Uh, the worst thing is, is I live on the end of the street. So if they, they get a wrong address, if it has my street name on it, they just leave it at my house. So they leave <laughs> me other. I've gotten probably five different families <laughs> packages because they're just like, oh, well, oh, he's on the end. I guess this is what they meant. So you have to go out and deliver all these packages to your neighborhood? Uh, I've I haven't done that. Most of the time, I have a a ring doorbell, so I get the notification. So usually, I'm out there fast enough to give him the mail back and be like, "This isn't mine. This isn't even sort of my address." Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> Man, I'd be so pissed if someone kept delivering my shit to the wrong place. Someone did that around Christmas time, but I just took it down to the right unit. Like, like you said, it's not even the same, but. Somehow it wound up here. Whatever. Well, let's be positive. What is your sweep for the week, Lacey? So, little things, right? Yeah. I uh, I got a bunch of snacks on my trip, so I'm going to be much on those all week long. What kind of snacks? So, we stopped by Bucky's. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. And yeah. I, I got my cheese puffs. Mmm. And then I found some red, white, and berry Smirnoff ices. Ooh, are those good? I haven't tried them yet. Going to. They look good. And then we found this fried pie shop out there in Hot Springs that (laughs) makes everybody around here 
look like dirt. (laughs) So we brought some home. What? What's a fried pie? You've never had a fried pie. Is it like a pie pocket? Yeah, pretty much. But they deep fry it? No, they bake theirs. See, you can't Nobody calls it a pie pocket. They do in Colorado. It's a pie pocket in Colorado. You're not in Colorado. I (laughs) am in my heart. See, what do they call the the mini pies in Colorado? You know, like a, you know, like, um, like a, like handheld. Thank you. I told you. (laughs) Pie pocket. That's what we call them. We're Coloradans now. Is it over there laughing? No, no. Like, no, we're not. Lacey called it a fried pie. Bro, I literally have a picture of that cherry pie company place we were at in Estes Park, and it said pie pocket. I will send y'all this. I bought a fried pie from the farmer's market on Saturday, and Ooh. she called it a fried pie, and that's her whole job. So is it fried? Yeah, yeah. It's fried? Uh, usually, but the one we had was baked, so it was like literally a flaky pie crust Ooh. with filling. It was so, so good. You know the Mrs. Barrage ones? Are those fried? I would assume so. I I don't yeah. I don't know how to make them. I just know how to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> and now I want some pie. Y'all gone and done it. Yo, here's the thing that Steve's been doing with pie. So I had a craving a few months ago, and so of course you have to buy like the whole, okay Whole Foods usually sells like a half pie, but of course that day they didn't have it, so we had to get a whole pie. And so we sliced it up and froze it. And then while it's still frozen, he'll like chop it up and put it in some ice cream. And it's like, he says the best dessert he's ever eaten. So for my dad's birthday, my dad doesn't like cake. So I bought my dad two pies and I get there and my stepmom had made him a birthday cake. And I was like, bro, last year you were like, why do you always bring me cake? I don't like cake. Why do you always give me cake? So I brought you pie. And then you told this bride you wanted a spice cake for your birthday. So he didn't even touch the two pies. So Steve froze them, and they're in the freezer waiting to be eaten. He didn't even Bye. keep them to eat, like, the next couple days? No! And I even took his favorite apple. He, that's his favorite. Besides that key lime pie that Bucky has in a cup. My dad would be like, no, no, you can leave it. I'll eat it in the next couple of days. Right! I was like, how rude. What a jerk. Ugh. It just goes to show you that my dad's one of those people that cannot be pleased. No matter what or you do. Or his taste just changed over the course of a year. So freaking, I'm going to ask him next time I go over there. He's, like, He's a Leo. I'm going to record it. He is a Leo. Good God. Uh, so that was your sweet. William, what's your sweet? I lost my train of thought. What's your sweet for the week? Can I, <laughs> like, can I do two? Yeah, you can do however yeah. many you want. Episode. Well, number one, uh, I'm the first returning guest on Two Bookworms, One Podcast. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty yes. special. Uh, the number only two. Guess we've ever, well, Steve um, doesn't really know. I mean, Steve's a producer. He's not really a guest. Yeah. Except yeah. he didn't even set up my mic today, so producer <sighs> is kind of a stretch. Fired. <laughs> He's on vacation. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's on vacation. <laughs> uh, number two is a pretty big one. Uh, my wife and I are pregnant, and uh, yes. we're a oh little over halfway. A little over halfway last week. That's awesome. I I, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't know if you were like telling people, so I haven't said anything to anyone. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty public now. Like if you look okay. at her, you can tell. Uh, so. Okay. Oh, that's so exciting. When's the due date? Uh, November 2nd. Oh, my God. You're going to have a little Scorpio, baby. I'm so jealous because I want a Halloween baby so bad, and Steve says absolutely not. Like, I'm, potentially, uh, your child could be born on Halloween. I know. And I, like, I'm fine with Halloween, but it's not, like, my favorite holiday. So watch <laughs> me get... A you will, baby. yeah, and you will. It has to be my favorite holiday from <laughs> yeah. now on. Yeah, yeah, you definitely will, especially now that you said that and put that out in the universe. Well, I've said it a bunch yeah. of times already, so it's way out <laughs> in the universe. So do you get know, ready for some Halloween themed birthdays? That's exactly why I want a Halloween baby. That reason right there. That's gonna be so cool. Like if to have we do have birthdays. a Halloween baby, we're definitely gonna dress them up like the. Zombie from Hocus Pocus. Yes. That's perfect. Billy. Um, do you know the sex or not yet? Uh, yeah, it's a boy. Oh my god. Oh. Steve, it's a boy. Steve's going, what? Well, that's exciting. Is that like what you were hoping for or you didn't care? We didn't care. Cool. Do you have any names? Uh, no. We, I was sure it was a girl, and, like, I convinced her that it was a girl because I usually guess right when I guess the gender of people's babies, and <laughs> I, this is my second time to ever be wrong. Oh, wow. So we was the basic, other time Victoria? No. <laughs> I feel like someone on our team guessed wrong on Victoria. Uh, no, I think I got that one right, actually. Oh, okay. But uh, we, we've almost had narrowed down for girl names, but we, we don't really for boy names. Another I, I, toddler we know told us that she knows his name. Oh. And that his name is Liam. So yeah, she's decided, but we name. haven't. Aww. That's a cute name. Are you not, are y'all not liking that or? Yeah, we like it. We just, we haven't decided yet. We haven't committed gotcha. to anything. Gotcha. I feel like Jenny was probably, like, after you convinced her it was a girl, um, she was, like, super excited about the Disney princess prospect. So is that, like, is there some disappointment there? No. This kid's (laughs) going to be into Disney no no matter what. So I don't think it matters. Cool. Uh, cool. I'm Speaking of Disney, I'm really pushing for Darth Vader as a name, but... (laughs) It's being heavily, heavily opposed by all other parties. You know, you could do, like, Lucas. Yeah. That's a cute name. Or uh, Luke, or... Or Jar Jar Binks. Or or you could go with Jar Jar Binks. I mean, definitely going to be Lucas Binks. Lucas, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Or you could do, like, William Jr., Call him Willie. It it has been considered. We wouldn't call him Willie. Why? That's cute. 
What's wrong with Good Willie? Uncle Willie. No, nothing's wrong with <laughs> Willie. We just wouldn't call him that. I'm going to call him that. Even well, if we Willie. don't name him Wilson Jr.? You could call him Big Willie style like Will Smith. You know, that's what I named the last episode you were on. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's exciting. Congratulations. It's a boy. That's awesome. Um, my sweet for the week is I can't believe we've been doing this podcast for a year. Like we made a commitment, Lacey, and we stuck to it. That's fresh. <laughs> Not saying yeah, that I, I just apply it to doubt. my diet, right? Exactly. Exactly. Do you want to know how um, dumb I am? How why? What, when how you were then? like, you were like, this is our our year episode. I was like. I don't feel like I've listened to 365 episodes. And then, I, <laughs> then I face palmed out. I was like, oh, I'd probably listen to 52, though. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that, God, that would be a lot of work if someone put out, like, a new episode. Like, it's hard enough to find stuff to talk about weekly. Right. Uh, let alone, like, every day. That was, I mean, obviously, the news, it's easy for them to do it. <laughs> they got a lot of shit to talk about, but... Book related, yeah, that'd be tough. Um, I also went to the Van Gogh thing yesterday. It was pretty cool. I have been looking forward to that for a while. I'll say it was not worth the price that we paid. But, you know, it was something different, and it was in air conditioning, so. It's like a lot of 3D and projections and stuff, right? Yeah, so it's like all of his work, there's like a ton of projectors. There were three rooms. And then it's like a, they basically have a show set to music, and it's like anim. It's not animated. Would you call that animated, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of animated, but it's his art, and you can see like the brush strokes and um. His, so here's the thing. This became big because it was on the show Emily in Paris, and this was like an exhibit that an like a visual artist put together. And then when it became big because of the show, they started, like, touring it or whatever. Well, then a second one popped up. So it's very confusing when you're buying tickets. So if you're wanting to go to the one in Emily in Paris, it's called Van Gogh, the Immersive Experience. There's another one. I don't remember what it's called. That's not the Emily in Paris one. I have heard the one that we went to is better because they have, like, more projectors and more, like, pixels or some shit. I don't know. Um, hey, Steve, one of your trucks just drove by, like, from your company. <laughs> um, sorry, that was random. So, it was cool. It was it was the same show in all three rooms. Like, the first room was a little bit smaller, and it had mirrors in the middle, and then the second room was huge, and it even had it on the floor. The third room was a little smaller and did not have it on the floor. So, we started out in the third room because, you know, human nature, they walk into the first room and they stop, and there was nowhere to freaking sit. So we, like, kept moving through and sat through, like, one show in the third room. Then we went to the second room, which is a bigger room, and realized it's the same show. But it was cool because it was, like, different stuff on the floor. But, um, I mean, it was only, like, 25 minutes, and we paid, like, $120 for that. So I don't feel like it was worth $120. Um, We also got, like, the... There's, like, different levels of tickets, and we got, like, the middle one where we could flex so we didn't have to show up at our time. We could show up, like, two hours before or after. 
But it was cool. It kind of felt like I was on drugs for a little bit. Like the way stuff was moving. <laughs> I was like, whoa. It was cool. It was all right. Um, masks were required. They would not let you in without a mask. My Facebook has been all about the Van Gogh exhibit. Like, I see five advertisements for it today, probably. Yeah, they're pushing it really hard. I mean, it's something cool to do. Like, once, you know, go for, like, if you're into that kind of thing or you're looking for something different, like, yeah, go enjoy yourself. But don't buy the higher price tickets. They're not worth it. And then we got a poster, and it's a poster of the dude's face. Like, I don't want a poster of Van Gogh himself. I want a poster of, like, one of his pieces of art and it's his face like i don't give a shit about that is it is it the <laughs> ear side or the other side <laughs> i think it's the side that has an ear <laughs> i'm pretty sure he had an ear did, did he have an ear in it in the poster i'm pretty sure he did but i mean his art is beautiful it's it was cool to look at they have some cool music they have a little track that's like uh gives you a little bit of commentary about the different works that you'll see it was cool recommend yeah but yeah it was busy and then we went to the farmer's market afterwards because it was right by there that was fun but you know covid cases are going back up so don't know that i'll be doing anything like that again for a while were you scared at all traveling Lacey? like Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because, like, nobody was wearing masks out there, mm. but we had ours on, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy out there. All right, well, speaking of masks, we'll go ahead and start talking about the sanatorium. <laughs> nice like transition. That? Yeah, do you like that little segue? It's like, because um, the mask is kind of central to the story, like, very central. Um do you want to give them a synopsis, Lacey? So, basically, this police detective named Ellen goes to her brother's, what was it, his engagement party? Or was it actually the engagement party and the wedding? No, I think it was just a party. I think it was just a party. So, they travel to this new hotel that has opened that was a refurbished sanatorium <laughs> for her brother's. <laughs> engagement party and some things start happening some murders mm-hmm. start occurring mm-hmm. and let me just say the UK cover for this book is far Gorgeous. more beautiful than the American version like the American version the building I feel like isn't true to the way it's described because there's yeah, like we always get robbed on our covers, covers. I'm telling you, the UK covers are always so much prettier. I like. I don't know why that is. Why is that? Why do they do that to us? I'm looking at a picture now. Every time. Although I will say the building on the UK cover doesn't really look like it just looks like a hotel. Like it doesn't really look like a sanatorium, like the one. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And it is a beautiful cover, though. I mean, essentially, it's kind of the same, but not really. But, yeah. So, Lacey gave you the synopsis. We'll just jump in with our questions. So, William, since you're the guest of honor, what was your favorite part of the book? Uh, I like that she kept me guessing. I, 
I pride mm-hmm. myself on my ability to figure out exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she gave me red herrings enough that mm-hmm. I was misled, mm-hmm. but they weren't such red herrings that I was like, oh, that's definitely a red herring. Yes. I yes. completely agree. Lacey, you go. Yeah, she she definitely had us guessing because, I mean, sometimes I was like, are there two people or three people? Mm-hmm. But I really, I really liked this setting. I really enjoyed it. Like the Alps in the back, the snow, mm-hmm. you know, them being caved in, they couldn't get out. It just mm-hmm. made it a little more eerie. Yeah, I love books that make me like think like that, like it's a puzzle, um, because I too, like William, pride myself on figuring it out. And it took me a lot longer to figure this one out. Um, it was like every other chapter. I'm like, no, it's this person. No, it's this person. It's this person. Like I'm using different clues and things like that. And then eliminating people. I really, really enjoyed that. That was fun. Um, what was your least favorite part of the book? William, you can go first. I, uh, I mean, this might change after we talk about it, but I think the epilogue was my least favorite. <laughs> I, I thought we closed it up so nicely. Uh, and uh, I would have been happy to read a sequel, but then uh-huh. this, I don't know, it kind of opened a book that I felt was just really well closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lacey, what about you? Um... I mean, I can't say completely without giving spoilers already, but I felt like <laughs> for the person to fight so long, they kind of gave up too easily in the end a little bit. I, yes, I can understand that for sure. Yeah. And we don't really know what happened to them. Right. Like, did they go to jail? Like, we know what happened to them. No, not really. It, it touched I, on it very briefly. It does? Yeah, like what one it, wait, sentence. Yeah. Okay, I missed that. What did it say? Yeah, because she it, got it arrested. touches on the other person. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. They got arrested. No spoilers. Sorry. Okay. Well, there's plenty um, of she's. Yeah. Yeah, there there are plenty of she's. I would say my least favorite part of the book was the Dell chapters because, so you're starting the book, it's, Going to Ellen, who is from the UK. She's a detective. Through the course of the book, you find out she's actually on leave because she had this really hard case in which she was injured and she is having some, some issues returning to work. She's having some issues with the case and she's kind of relating it to the death of her younger brother and she's on leave and she's not sure she wants to go back and her work is emailing her like, Hey, we need your answer by this date. She's trying to figure it out. Um, her boyfriend, Will, Will is like, Will's he a dick. is amazing. No, he's not. Why do you think he's a dick? No, he, <laughs> for most of this book. Why do you think he's a dick? <laughs> because for most of this book, <laughs> Like she, she's in a bad place and she needs like, you know, that little extra support. And I felt Uh like he was trying to tear her down in some of the most toxic ways along the way. Oh my God. Just like strategically placed. He's like trying to build her up and he's like, Hey, you got to pull yourself out of this. Like you got to have this, like, yeah, shit, bad shit happens to everyone, dude. But it's like, and 
I am very much a will person. Like every, everyone has something bad to happen to them. Everyone has trauma, but it's like Absolutely. how you, how you get over it and but, how you build upon that. And he, that's what he's trying to tell her. Like at some point, so condescending the way he was doing it. Maybe that's what she needed though. Maybe he'd try other ways. I mean, they've been together three years and he even says this, we've been together three years and you won't move in with me. Honey, if you're not ready to move in with someone after three years, he ain't the dude for you. Cut him loose. Yeah, but you also got to think, she lost her little brother when they were kids. She had just lost she her mom. Blind. Then she turned around and almost got killed on her job, you know? She's in a bad yes. place. She's in Will's defense, though, he did not know that she lost her brother because she never told him about that. Very true. She did tell him. She told him. She didn't tell him that she thought her brother murdered him. Yes. So the whole time she thinks her brother Isaac has murdered him and... Yeah, I think you're right, Lacey. I think he knew that he had died young, but not, he doesn't know, like, the circumstances. And she says the whole reason she went to this engagement party, because her and Isaac were, like, estranged, and she went basically to get answers because she believed she keeps having these, like, images or flashbacks in her mind that Will has killed her little brother. And you don't find out till later that he was, like, six or, or eight. And Isaac was 10 and she was 12, I think. Something like that. Yeah, somewhere, something like that. And I'm like, girl, this happened to you when you were 12. I get it. It was your brother that was traumatic. You witnessed something horrific. But she's acting like it was yesterday. I feel like trauma is kind of a a big uh, theme in this book. It is a big theme. and it's Yeah, like, it's everywhere. It comes in regards to Will, though, I, I'm kind of right on the fence. On the one hand, I do agree with Lacey and he does give her a pretty hard time uh but on that same hand I guess she did almost get murdered very recently yeah that's fair because she made a stupid decision though let's yeah but she makes a lot of those (laughs) on the other hand (laughs) yeah it has been three years, and she's not committing to Will, so I can definitely understand his, his feelings. Yeah. He's like, hey, um, I'm a catch, and these are like my prime years, honey, and you're wasting them. I don't blame him for that at all. And he's so supportive. Like, while she's doing this, he's like, you're coming alive. Like, he's trying to help her. Anyways, well, well, that's because he sees he's her. supportive. Yeah, he sees her shaking off the funk that she's been in and coming back into the person he fell in love with, I feel like. Yeah. Well, so Adele, that was my least favorite part were her chapters. Adele is one of the, what are they called? At the, at the hotel? She's a housekeeper. A housekeeper. There you go. And um, she dies. Spoiler alert. But I'm like... She died so early. I really felt like we didn't need her chapters. Um, Because then, you know, it's kind of going back and forth between perspectives. And then, like, oh, she's dead. Like, okay. But no one else, like, took her place. So then from there on, it was just, like, Ellen. Like, y'all didn't think that was weird? Uh, No, not not really. really. Because, I mean, they they threw in that one chapter about what was his name, Jeremy finding Daniel's body and we didn't know who the hell he was but it never touched on him okay that's a good point yeah that's a good point it does include that chapter um by the way these questions are from Oprah's book club we've added in some of our own so next question was it a fast or slow read and why William 
I feel like I thought it was going to be slow, but I would start reading and then I would realize that I've read several pages, like way more than I even planned on. So I feel mm-hmm. like it was a real, a pretty quick read once you get into it. Yeah. Like, and the further I got into the book, the faster it got. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I read about halfway up until this morning, and then I finished the other half this morning. So it's <laughs> quick. Yeah, and the chapters are short, kind of like uh, the book we read last week. So, but it's very, I mean, it's very fast-paced, like. Very, very smooth. Yeah, it was a fast read, I agree. Um, What did you, no, no, no. Which event scene or character has stuck with you the most? You can go first, Well, This is a hard one. I don't one. know. That's a, that's pretty tough. Uh, I think the description of finding Adele's body, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it was very well written and that, like that, that's the scene I just keep picturing. Yeah. And like that whole chapter, like not just them finding the body, but her trying to take pictures of the scene and get a hold of the scene afterwards. I feel like it was written in a way that I can see that whole scene in my head right now still. Yeah. She was really good at her descriptions of that kind of stuff. Like it was, it, it it was good. Like you could definitely picture it and you're like, what about you, Lacey? So it wasn't a scene or a character, but it was an object dead gum gas mask that's not really a gas mask but that was like was Was that not terrifying oh just added to it it just added to the steer thinking about that person wearing that and like imagine you see something out the corner of your eye and you look and you see that mask and you're like oh shit (laughs) or you hear it before you Mm -hmm. see it too yeah the um are we in the spoilers part yet or no yeah, go for it. So you know yeah. when she opens the drawer in the brother's office and the mask mm-hmm. is there? Mm-hmm. Just imagining mm-hmm. imagining the feeling you would have there of your stomach mm-hmm. just drop because yes. the mask is there. I mean, yeah. So what, I feel like the weight of the mask was really well inputted into the book. I agree. Definitely. It was kind of like its own character. Um, scenes that stuck with me the most, the opening scene, um, hello, that's a movie right there. The architect out there, <laughs> the shit, like all of a sudden he's walking back to yeah. his car and the figure <laughs> with that mask is standing there and you're like, oh shit. That was and really even the build up when he was like, he thinks he sees movement out of the corner of his eye and when it's still the sanatorium and mm-hmm. then like he's walking through all these abandoned rooms. Yeah. And then he gets jumped outside. Yes. And the way she describes mm-hmm. all the like debris laying everywhere while he's walking through that, like the rusted instruments and yeah, that was really good. Um, the other scene that stuck with me. So I mean, you have kind of a backstory. Um, so they've gone for the engagement party, you know, Isaac's fiance. How do you say her name? Lori? L-A-U-R-E? Yeah. I, I thought it was Lori. Okay. Well, did you think of Lori too? 
Yeah, that's how I was pronouncing it in my head. Okay, me too. So Lori is the fiance, and she's like the assistant manager at the hotel. Um, so that's why they're having it there, because one of the things when Ellen and Will came, he was like, hey, Isaac was like, hey, love for y'all to come to the engagement party. All you have to do is pay for your tickets, and she works here. Everything's kind of like free. Um, hell yeah, I'd be on that flight in a minute if my brother was like, hey, um, if you want to come to Switzerland for this free engagement party at this hotel in the mountains, like, there, put me down, I'm there. So they go, and Adele has already gone missing. No one knows she's missing because she was supposed to make it home to hand her son off to his dad, basically, for the week. But it was like flexible. So her child, she said her childcare was flexible. And if she wasn't there, he would just take them. So she lives alone. No one knew she was missing. And she was off until like Tuesday. So we know she's missing. But then Lori, the fiance, goes missing. And you're like, shit, that's like the second person in two days. Well, then some weird shit starts happening. Like um, Ellen gets pushed in the plunge pool and something else happens to her. Oh, she feels like she's being watched or something. Yeah, in the uh, room, she feels like somebody's yeah. being watched and clicking those doors. So come to find out when they watch the security feeds, it's Lori. And Ellen's like, this bitch is messing with me. So like she's we think she's like missing. Oh, and by the way, the police can't make it out because there's been an avalanche conveniently. And um she finds out it's Lori, so then she gets a text from Lori's burner phone that she had found when she was looking through her phone records. And she goes to meet her, and spoiler alert, Lori's dead. I was not, that that one was a, I was not expecting that. That was a can, shocker. Can we loop back to Lori pushing her in the pool? That was one, yeah. that was one of the only questions mm-hmm. I really had. Uh, why Is did why? she push her into the pool? Right. Yeah, I feel like we didn't get answers as to why she was watching her and why she was. But didn't it say that she was working? Oh, maybe we should talk about this at the end. We'll loop back to that. Um, well, I guess. No, I guess not about it now. Because I don't understand there, why she, like, I can understand why she hid away because she yeah. was afraid for her life. But why didn't she text Isaac or mm-hmm. text anybody? That was the only part that uh, that confused me. And I, now that I'm saying that out loud, maybe she did it to protect Isaac because if she texted him that she was hiding from Margot, then it would put Isaac's life at risk. Yeah, that, that well, makes sense now that, that you say epilogue, that to me, too. Doesn't the epilogue kind of suggest that someone else pushed her in the pool? But she saw, but she saw the it camera that it was Lori. She, she saw it. She said it really wasn't clear. No, but she, she said, said it was, though, when she on. turned around, she could tell who it was. Same with but, the um, but when she was coming in and out of the dressing room. The epilogue is just so confusing. Like, I do not understand <laughs> who it is that's making these observations. And, yeah. I mean, I have a pretty good idea of who it is. Who do you think it is? I think it's Isaac. Same. But why, I, why would he get so general with his description? And instead of calling him Will, which he's called him the whole time, he calls him her boyfriend. boyfriend, And he talks about how she didn't even realize it was him standing by the pool. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so this is going to be a series. The second book comes out in April. So maybe we'll get some answers then. 
Well, I'm already excited about it. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> so the, so. this whole thing has been built. You know, they've turned the sanatorium into a hotel. There's been a lot of resistance from the locals. You know, there's there. It's part of a like a national park or something. They're like, don't mess with it. A lot of people feel like because it was a sanatorium, they shouldn't mess. Like there's some. I got. I got to be honest. I bet when you walk in this place, you can feel the energy, the negative energy. Oh, you'd have to. No, you have to. Yeah, you know, people have died there, and you know that that energy is still there. I don't know that I would want to stay in a place like that, to be honest, because I'm a big believer in energy and vibes and things like that. So a lot of people are like, "Hey, probably shouldn't." Ellen, Ellen touched on that when she walked in. Yeah, she descriptions. She said she felt something. Uh huh. She definitely feels it. Um. It seems like it would be such a cool place to go if you could forget about that. But even mm-hmm. the owner doesn't want you to forget about it because he puts the sanatorium stuff all over the place. Yeah, yeah and those display boxes. Like the his to show the history. Um, I don't know that I would want to see that, to be honest. Uh, um, the What's the author's name? I forgot her name. Sarah? Sarah. Uh-huh. Sarah's personification of the snow and yeah, how yeah. it's like closing in uh i thought it was awesome the yeah. setting mm-hmm. like ellen's fear of the snow and then just having to combat that along with trying to figure out who the murderer is uh a, i thought it was a plus and that avalanche when she's outside trying to follow footsteps yeah. yes and let me tell you, as someone, I'm going to say it again. I say it. We should drink every time I talk about living in the mountains. Um, as someone who <laughs> lived in the mountains, if there's an avalanche warning, you need to get the hell gone, like, immediately. Um, it is not a joke. And sometimes they do, they'll make an avalanche on their own if there's too much snow at the top. So, but they put it all over the news. They put it all over the radio. They put it all over those alert signs when you're driving down the highway they're like hey you know forced avalanche da 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 i know when my niece came to visit us for spring break we were under like extreme avalanche warnings and we couldn't even take her up in the mountains or anything it was such she was so bummed i felt so bad and it was like for the entire week that she was there so avalanches are not something to be trifled with and when there's an avalanche warning because we'll even says like the day before or something hey we should probably go like because her and her brother aren't really getting along and, you know, him, him him and Ellen are not getting along. And he's like, maybe we should just go. Well, then there's an avalanche warning and they're like clearing out the guests, but they don't go on like the first two buses. No, if there's an avalanche warning, you need to make sure you're on the first bus because that shit don't play. Yeah, I did a little bit of avalanche research just to figure out because she used the term dry avalanche. And apparently mm-hmm. there's a, a bunch of different kinds of avalanches. And dry avalanches are the worst. Oh, Cause, really? Because those are the ones that the snow is, uh, it's not mush. So it comes down in like sheets of ice and then it'll oh, like oh, take okay. trees and debris with it. So it, avalanches are rough. That's terrifying. That's I mean, if they would have just stayed in the hotel and there hadn't been a killer there, they would have been safe. Um, because they'd probably have, like, plenty of food and generators and shit. Would they have been safe, though? Because the whole building is glass. Right, right. That was another thing I wondered, because um, 
if you're up in the mountains where this is like a common occurrence, you would think the glass probably wouldn't be the smartest idea and insulation. I mean, how do they keep this place warm? Because glass is cold and it's not going to keep the warmth in the building. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought about that too. I felt like the, I don't know, bad architect. He did go missing. Oh, well. Um, so essentially you're reading it and this is a story about a mass killer. We don't know. We don't know who they are. We don't know their motives. We don't know. They're just picking people off. Um, that's terrifying. They're stuck there because of the avalanche. I'm trying to remember what question I was on. (laughs) What did you think of the writing? Are there any standout sentences or vocabulary? I mean, we've kind of touched on this, but yeah, go for it. I mean, William, you said you really like how she personifies things like the snow and the mask, I think Lacey said. Yeah. Uh, She did use a couple of terms I wasn't familiar with. Uh, Rock pooling. Uh, That's what what her brothers and her were doing. Um, Oh, yeah. What is that? Uh, it's just, I think it's just looking for rocks in like shallow pools of water. But later she describes it as they were like crab fishing. So I think Mm -hmm. it's just anything in those like shallower water. Mm. And then we already went into dry avalanche. There there were just a couple of like that that I had to look up. But nothing that took me out of the story. Lacey, what about you? There wasn't any, like, standout quotes, no vocabulary that I didn't know already, but, like, her writing flows so Mm -hmm. well, especially for this to be her first novel. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think she lost me at all with any of her descriptions or anything. Yeah, I agree. I did have to look up funicular. But, I mean, I also kind of use context clues. Am I saying it right? Funicular, funicular, close enough. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, yeah, I got that. One quote that stood out to me, um, it was on page 23. It said, this place, like Isaac, is all about facades, covering up what really lies beneath. I was like, damn, like reading that kind of illustrates how talented she is and the comparisons and all of that. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Page 23 also talks about having a physical reaction to the energy there, which we kind of talked about. It made me reflect a lot on ghost tours that I've been on. (laughs) One of them was actually at the Stanley Hotel, which was built because the Stanley man, um, had tuberculosis and went there because they said that was the cure. The fresh air I get, but it's interesting to me that they would send them up in the mountains because I think this hotel was at like 7,400 feet. I mean, that altitude, there's not a lot of oxygen up there. It it can get hard to breathe, especially if you're sick or exerting yourself physically. So I find that interesting that that was the cure for tuberculosis. But I mean, when the... What? I wonder if maybe it's drier, if the atmosphere, atmosphere is drier I at think altitude. It is drier, and I think that's part of it. And I also think because there's not a lot of pollution. So, like, one of the things they told us at the Stanley Hotel was he did. He lived 
what was it, Steve, like 20 or 25 years after he moved out there? So, I mean, he lived a really long time with tuberculosis living up in that mountain fresh air. Um, and then the city that we lived in, Colorado, was actually a – the city was created because it was a place that they sent tuberculosis patients. And we were at, like, 6,200 feet altitude. So that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, just hearing Ellen talk about her physical reactions, I mean – when we were, I went on a ghost tour in Galveston and we went to this place that was a bordello, but it was like this woman stole little girls and took them there. It was horrific. And we went to a lot of places on that tour, but that was the only one. My God, I felt so sick, so nauseous. And then we went to the alley where they said they would like dump their bodies. And I mean, you could just feel it. Even like a non-believer, I feel like would feel that it, it, I felt like I was going to throw up. And then I went to this one corner and I just had like this sudden urge to start crying. It was bizarre. So I can't imagine walking for me. It was, it was intense, William. So I can't imagine walking into the sanatorium like, Oh, mm -mm, my pages are a little different than y'all's. Cause I, I bought it on my iPhone book app. But in chapter uh -huh. 73, she said uh -huh. it's right when they're her and Will are going into that room, the service room to find Margot. She said uh -huh. the space is bigger than she imagined. Labyrinthian. Labyrinthine? I, I can pronounce it in my head, but I can't pronounce uh -huh. it out loud. <laughs> uh, but it's just she puts the. She puts the period right after then, bigger than she imagined, and then the one word. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. It's my favorite line in the whole book, I think. I even highlighted it. Oh, really? That's cool. I mean, yeah, she was really good at that, I think, just describing things. And that scene was pretty scary, especially once the lights go out. Um, so, basically, after... I can't remember what is it after Lori goes missing that they're trying to call the local police and they're like, yeah, we can't make it out there. And the hotel owner, Lucas knows that Ellen was a detective and asked her to help out. So she starts working with like the local police via phone and email. And they're like, obviously you don't have jurisdiction, but maybe you can, Oh, they find Adele's body in the pool. And they thought it was Lori cause she was still missing and they pull her out and it's Adele. And she's like, wow, y'all are like contaminating this scene. Like, I'm going to hold y'all off until the police get here. And then Lucas comes and he's like, yeah, they're not coming because of this avalanche. So that's when she's asking the police, like, is there anything I can do? And they're like, well, just try to get as much stuff as you can. And snow is like horrible for a crime scene. And so she knows like they're not going to get anything from that. But she's basically just trying to do what she can. But she doesn't bother to tell any of them that she's actually on leave. Um. But, I mean, what were they – like, what else could they do? They couldn't get there. And then Lori dies in the elevator. You know, her throat was slit. It's just like – they just, like, leave her body there. It was just horrible that the police could not get there. So she's she's just trying to help any way that she can. But William's totally right, the will, the will in the book. Not you, William. He's like, you know, watching you work on this. Because at, at first he's like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, you don't – you're not a detective here. Da, da, da. But he's like, you're coming alive. Seeing you do this, it's like 
you're reigniting your passion for this or whatever. Um, I really like that. Would you want to read another book by this author? Most definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to read the second one. I need to know what happens. Um, did reading the book impact your mood in any way, how and where? I read it a couple of times, like just in the dark by myself. I got pretty mm -hmm. spooked. Mm-hmm. Same, same. I was reading it in those spa houses out there, and these are like over hundred-year-old <laughs> buildings. So I was like, "Oh no!" So you were living. And there's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's a spa in the book, so you're like in the changing room, and you're like, "Is anyway, there a back yeah, door?" That's in the bathtub changing room, and I'm like, "Oh no, I hear doors." <laughs> yeah, that would be terrifying. Um, yeah, same thing. Reading it in the dark in bed, and I'm like, "What was that noise? What was that?" It was good. Um, what surprised you most about the book? I don't think I was expecting to be as into it as I was. Like, I knew I was going to enjoy it, of course. But I just feel like there were so many layers of the book mm -hmm. that I enjoyed. Uh, I didn't realize this as I was, not until I looked at it with a, two bookworms uh, lens, but just <laughs> the character development of Ellen, I feel like was mm -hmm. almost enough to make a book on its own. Cause so mm -hmm. many traumatic experiences happened to her in water. And by the yes. end of the book, she goes from having panic attacks at the mere side of water to mm -hmm. uh, being able to dive in and save the brother. Yes. Um, yeah, because William Will. His name's Will in the book, right? It's not William. Yeah, it's Will. No, it's Will. Okay. So many Wills today. He's like, hey, do you want to go to the hot tub with me? And she like, yeah, she freaks out in the hot tub because of her brother. He like hit his head and then drowned. So she has this reaction to water, doesn't like it. But then like William said, her development, seeing her go through that, that was, that was I liked that. Lacey, what surprised you most about the book? Y'all talked about it earlier a little bit. All the turns, like you think it's mm. one person and then they come up dead. So then you think it's somebody else and it's not them. And then, you know, and the two, the two women working together. Yeah. You wouldn't have thought they were actually working together ever. Yeah. I think um, what surprised me most was that I went from not really liking Ellen to like having a newfound respect for her because she finally like confronted her demons and worked through it. It's a very short amount of time, but she does it. Yeah. Uh, it I felt such a such... scary situation made her stronger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt such pity for her when she finally confronted mm. Isaac and then yes. she realized that this thing that was a weight on her her whole life, mm -hmm. her thinking her brother killed her other brother mm -hmm. when in fact that wasn't the case and not only that but her parents blamed her for it and that was the reason yes. she had such a such a strained mm -hmm. relationship with them and her brother, mm -hmm. the only person that wanted to still have a familial relationship with her she had pushed away because she thought he uh -huh. was responsible. Man, that, that was such a 
that was such a heavy chapter, I feel like. It was. And I mean and her Ellen whole life taking care of her mother. Yeah. And he not having anything to do with it. I mean, Isaac didn't even go to her funeral, you know? The mom's funeral. I think that was sad. Um, she's gone her whole life thinking, questioning if her brother's done it. And then she finally t- has a conversation with him about it. And he's like, you were the one that was there with him. I went to the bathroom and I came back and he had slipped and fallen and you froze and just stood there. And she's like, that's not what happened. And he's like, that's what happened. So now she's like, oh, my God, I was responsible because I should have, like, jumped in. But I couldn't because it was like a reaction that I had. And he's like, it's not your fault. It's like. That's just what happens sometimes. But honestly, do you believe that story from Isaac? Because that is exactly the story a sociopath would tell. No. Yeah, I don't believe him. I I think the ending might be him Mm -hmm. because he's just, he's really disassociated with some of his feelings Uh that comes across. I mean, his fiance is missing and he finds out that she's been having an affair with the hotel owner and he burns all the pictures of her in his wallet. <laughs> what? That makes Well, me I don't think it was, was just the affair part because at the point he starts burning her photos, he also thinks that she murdered Adele, right? Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. just like such a fast reaction. Like, get the answers first, dude. I mean, he definitely shouldn't have doubted her that quickly. But if I find out you're murdering people, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty oh, that's much the wrong. biggest red flag. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, how did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending? William, what? Are we, are we counting epilogue or just the end pre Yeah. Yeah, you can count whatever you want. So when we shut down just the last chapter, I, like, I was just, I I don't even know. I was just very happy with the book. Happy ending. I just felt, like I said earlier, that everything was closed off perfectly. Uh, Mm -hmm. The epilogue did throw me a little. But now Mm -hmm. that I find out that there's going to be a sequel, and I figured that's what she was setting up, kind of. Uh, sanatorium verse. Uh, I'm okay with it. Like I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I started the book enjoying it, and I finished it really enjoying it. So that's how my opinion changed. I grew fonder and fonder of the book as we progressed through it. Yeah, Lacey. So the killer is the owner's sister, Cecile. Mm-hmm. And throughout this, like, she's such a badass, killing everybody, and it's so methodical, mm-hmm. and she's such a step ahead. Mm-hmm. She just basically gave up after mm-hmm. Ellen talked to her for a few minutes in the end. And I had a little issue with that, just because she's been so far ahead of everybody else, just to give up that far in. I feel yeah. like she needed to go out fighting. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what surprised me most, was that she's working with Margot, the woman that works at the spa. And for a little bit, they they were trying to get Lori on board, too, because Lori was pissed because she had a little affair with Lucas, and he, like, blew her off or whatever. So she was going to write this, like, expose on how he bribed these officials to get this project done because they found that graveyard. And once they found that graveyard, they're like, man, I don't think you can build on this. This is, like, protected or whatever, and he bribed them. 
So, but then Lori all of a sudden like shuts down. She's like, no, I don't want any part of it. So what surprised me most is that Margo, that's her name, right? Margo? Yeah. Okay. And Cecile have such different motivations. Margo's is that her great grandmother, they find out that some of the patients in the sanatorium were not tuberculosis patients. They were patients that had been sent from a psychiatric hospital in Germany that were being experimented on, like in really fucked up, gruesome ways. And the way that Sarah described those, chilling. Um, so it was like yeah. well, her great-grandmother was a patient that went missing, and that's kind of her motivation. The field's motivation is that the architect at the beginning that went missing raped her when she was 16 while her brother was laying there asleep. Wink, wink. He was acting like he was asleep. Watching. And watching and did nothing and didn't defend her to her parents. Her parents, like, didn't believe her. She This resulted in a pregnancy in which she had to have an abortion, in which she got an infection and could no longer have children, so her husband left her years later. So, I mean... That's something that really surprised me is, like... Like, I don't don't condone murder, but I can definitely understand the path that got Cecile there. Because, I mean, her backstory was just all trauma, too. Yes. And mm-hmm. that took, mm-hmm. and it stopped years. her from swimming too. Yes, yeah, she was a competitive swimmer, and then she just kind of like lost her spark for that. So sad. And to hold on to this and to plan this, like hell hath no fury, like a woman scorn. I'm telling you, it's kind of like Gone Girl. You know how amazing Amy plans all that shit like for years to be like one step ahead. You know. I kind of felt like those vibes. Um, but it was just crazy how different, like, their motivations were. Um, but, I mean, she was going to take her brother down. She was like, I'm getting all these people to help me. Um, like William said, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, you didn't need to murder, like, innocent people that had nothing to do with it. But, listen, Lucas probably, yeah, I mean, he probably deserved it, let's be honest. That's a really horrific thing to do to your sister. That's really uh, fucked up. Um I I definitely understand where you're coming from not liking that the climax ended so quickly, but I feel like her letting Lucas live is going to prolong his suffering. If she kills him, he dies right there and it's over. But now that he's lived, he's going to prison. His whole Mm -hmm. life's dream is destroyed Mm -hmm. uh, because the sanatorium is not going to make it for sure now. Yeah, true. And he knows that she knows that he saw. Yeah. Yeah, And now her story is going to get told, so. And uh, she got to dismember her rapist. Yeah. I mean. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So. Uh, so Can I add a question? Talk about, yeah. Who do you think got it the worst of the four people that were murdered? Mm. I would think the architect, no. He's probably awake during a lot of that. I thought but he it deserved was. it. I he did it deserve it. Oh, yeah. The way her body was like she, suspended up on that thing or whatever. Yeah, they stretched Oh, yeah. Her I completely death. forgot about and that. And she was worked. She was her accomplice. Yeah. And all because she just had doubts about their mission. 
Yeah, like to turn on your accomplice like that, especially after she stabbed Will when they were in that generator room or whatever. Yeah. Like, girl has been your number one from the get-go, and that's what you do to her. Yeah, that was shocking to me, too. Um, talk I about almost scene. completely forgot about that scene because me it was too. so quick. And yeah. Lucas locks her down in that tunnel. Oh, and also, he's the owner of the property and didn't know there was a fucking tunnel down there. Give me a break. He did know. He was lying. Oh, okay. I was didn't like, they say oh, it wasn't like, on any blueprints, though? It wasn't, and I thought only Cecile knew. Well, only him and Cecile knew because uh, they had the bill. They had the builders cover it up. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Um, also, like, so when I'm thinking about the kill, okay. First, before I forget this scene that stuck with me the most, um, when Ellen takes the hook off her necklace and fucking hooks Cecile's face in the pool while she's trying to kill Lucas, I was like, ah, that. Had to hurt. It was oh, like sure. a fishing that was a hook, moment. Right? It was like a fishing hook, right? That had that her mother yeah. had had plated in silver that was her brother's, and it was necklace, like she never took off. So while Lucas is like being, so she even says, "Worst case, this is the worst case scenario." Was that Cecile gets Lucas into the pool? Because remember, Cecile's like a competitive swimmer, and she still swims. In fact, the beginning of the book, when they go into the spa, she's in there swimming her laps. So, and Ellen has this aversion to water because of what she witnessed her brother dying. So she jumps in and this is the full full circle moment. She couldn't save her brother. She froze. And this time she fought through that and she jumped in to save Lucas. I was like, you did it. That was a good moment. I like that. Um, Shit. What else was I going to talk about? I'm looking at my notes. We never did circle back around to why Lori pushed Ellen into the pool. I mean, we don't know why. Yeah. And with the epilogue, it's someone watching them leave, watching Ellen and Will leave. And it says, hold on, let me look at the quote, because it says something about the pool. You know, I almost wonder if maybe Lori had a twin sister or something. Because it never, it never really touched on who she was speaking to in French with the burner phone either. Uh, I think it mentioned that briefly as well. I think she was, was calling, Cecile. yeah, she was calling Cecile the night before Cecile, uh, enacted her plan because she knew something was going to happen, that Cecile mm-hmm. was going to do something crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think Cecile said it. I don't remember her. that part. But in the epilogue, it says, it's clear she's oblivious to him, just like she was oblivious in the hotel, oblivious to what happened by the plunge pool and exactly whose hand it was at the small of her back, pressing. Oh, yeah, so it's a dude. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't mind. The anonymity, how do you say that word? Anonymity. Suits him. There's no hurry, is there? He's found it's best to wait until someone's relaxed, has let down their guard. That's the sweet spot, isn't it? That tiny space between happiness and fear. So I think whoever the epilogue is is who pushed her. But then why did she see Lori at the pool? Like I'm confused on that. I really thought she yeah. she identified Lori at the pool on the CCTV. She did. I, she did. She did. Yeah, she says it's Lori. But I thought she mentioned something because she also sees her leaving when she felt like she was being watched. She sees yeah, her go out room. that door. 
And I felt like she said something like it wasn't as clear as her leaving the locker room at the pool, but it was she was pretty sure it was Lori, too. Oh, maybe she did, because they did talk about how foggy it was. Yes. Coming off the pool. And they were wearing a black hood. So I'm like, and you know, "Hmm." it did mention that her cat or not her cat is. Oh, goodness. I'm getting to where I can't speak. It did say the guy that um, she had that horrific run-in with when she was still a detective did not get captured. So, maybe it's him. Oh, that's a good point. She also wouldn't have any idea what he looked like if she never caught him. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was too dark and they were in water. Ooh. Sarah's going to um, be kicked way... if you just spoil her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, let us know if we're close. <laughs> Look, it's one, it's one of the ten turns we could take, okay? Because there's so many more turns that she's going to come there up is. with. There so so every theory things. you've come up with, I've fully bought into. First, you were like, Isaac's a sociopath, and that was definitely him on the train. I was like, you know what? That's probably what it is. Uh-huh. And now this part, Brilliant. I'm already taking she's the gonna, She's going to use them all. She's yeah, gonna she's going to use them all. And then it's going to be somebody we didn't even think about, like Will or something. Yeah. Um, after Ellen says the killer would need to be strong, I kind of was able to start eliminating people because I was yeah. thinking it also need to be someone that's acclimated to that altitude. So I was And somebody tall. And someone tall. And someone that clearly knows the layout of this hotel because they are, like, in and out in places no one even knows about. Um. Like, they, they know the layout. They've seen the blueprints. The moment that Ellen thinks it's Lucas, I knew it wasn't him. Yeah, like the stairwell to the penthouse. Nobody really knew about that one. Yes. And when he locks her down there, I'm like, yeah, he locked her down there, but I don't. he's not the killer. No, I knew When that. he locked her down there, I had a, a real suspicion that it was his sister. Because yeah. I was like, he wouldn't just blatantly lock her down there if mm-hmm. he was the killer. Right, he's a killer. I liked that it ended up being two people, because when we figured out that it was Margot, uh, I was bothered by the fact that she had somehow simulated dragging through the snow in that part. Yeah. Because Ellen could tell someone was being dragged, but then Uh it turned out to be two people, so they could have easily simulated the dragging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I was I was really hoping for maybe three people because it would be very I, different. I think there are, but at that point, you'd have to worry about if somebody was going to talk or not because the more people you get, the less organized it seems. Yes, yes, and the um the oh, I don't remember what he was, but he's the one that found Daniel's body initially. When Lucas moved it and hit it to cover it up because he didn't want that hit in the press and he bribed him. It didn't him. say who he and was. He was just. Skating. It said it, it was, was Adele's boyfriend, right? Did it? Yeah. It yeah, said that yeah. was her connection with that. It was her boyfriend and they paid oh, him off, oh. but she was coming back asking for money, more money and that's why Cecile killed her. But I'm like, was that her baby daddy or was that some other dude? Adele. No, some other dude. Her baby daddy okay. was like. Stephane or Stefan, something like that. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. Um, how does the book's title work in relation to the book's content? It works. It works. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think it works really well. I think with a name like that, it's already ominous. Yes, exactly. Do you think this book's overrated or underrated? It has three three point four three stars on Goodreads. I think that's a little oh, underrated. It's under. It's yeah. under, yeah. I would say under for sure. I would easily give it a four, and when I ranked it on my books app, as soon as I finished, I gave it a five. Oh, no. That's Big Willie style. <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks that's funny? <laughs> Clearly, I'm the only one that's funny. Um, Lacey, what did you give it? I think I'm going to give it a five, too, just for the simple fact that it wasn't so easy to figure out who yeah. it was when all of these other books are easy. And I like that it was Cecile, and I liked her motivations because it's like, you, you know, she's coming. taking it back. Yeah, she's taking it back, and she's, like, going after the people that hurt her. So I'm like, I know that's messed up, but I'm all for it. <laughs> I think it's like Sarah was in my head, too, because every mm -hmm. time I suspected someone, then it was like, oh, it's not them. They're actually dead. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah. It's you to that person. It's like, oh, they're dead. No. Uh, uh, every, it was like every four chapters, it was like, okay, this time I've got it for sure. And then they were like, well, actually, you're dumb. And I mean, they were just picking them off, man. I was like, oh, there goes someone else. They got another one missing. Got another one down. That was crazy. Um, did this book and remind you of any other book? reason. So the underlying reason, not even to be related to the Sanatorium. Yeah. Well, Margot's was. But she wasn't, like, the main murderer. She was just kind True. of, like, an assist. And, and Cecile yeah. says that. She's like, it was all about Lucas from the get-go. It's about him and the shit that he's done. Yeah, and she was, I think she was thing. just trying to get out of it by using Margot and using the Sanatorium's history. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think she would. I if it had gone a hundred percent according to plan, and Margot hadn't backed out, and Ellen hadn't been there, I think that Cecile would have thrown Margot under the bus and mm -hmm. pinned the whole thing on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she yeah. definitely could have. She definitely could have. And it um, probably would have been more murders too than just yes. Few. I think me too. I think she would have finished that plan that she had. Ugh. I I think the original plan would have ended at Lucas, but you could I feel like she was devolving with every kill yes. just like you would think a serial killer would. Like everyone got a little die, more sloppy right? and a little less planned and a little less yeah. time in between each one. Yeah. yeah. So did it remind you of any other books? No, not really. Yeah, me neither. I don't think I've read any books that take place in like a... The mountains. In Now, I did read a book in the mountains where they're in a chalet and then there's an avalanche and the same thing, like they start getting picked off. Um, but like a totally different scene, like place and reason and all that. How did it impact you? Do you think you'll remember it in a few months or years? I think so. 
I think it was unique enough that I'm not going to get it confused with other books. And the the writing style was different enough that I think I'll remember it. Yeah, same. Lacey. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm, same. Any lingering questions or plot holes? Yeah, who is that? Who's in the epilogue? And why did Lori do that shit? Yeah, we've covered, I think we've covered all the same questions. (laughs) William, any other lingering questions or plot holes? Uh, No, those are the only two that I wrote down. Me too. I'm looking over my notes. I did also write down why didn't Lori text anyone, but I think we, we figured out our own version of that. Yeah, and then also kind of, well, because they said that Margot texted, when she wants to meet Ellen, she said that Margot was the one texting her to set up the trap. So was Lori really taken by them all along? I kind of wonder about that. Like, was it really Lori doing all that shit? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of think that Lori figured it out, and maybe she felt like she was in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- oh, okay. We don't know at what point they got her phone. Like, maybe she didn't have her phone, and she was trying to make contact at the pool, and then accidentally pushed her in or something. Yeah. And then realized that she was in danger. Like, going to meet her in the first place, that was stupid. Like, you already learned your lesson on that last where you went in by yourself. Have you not learned your lesson? And (sighs) she... I feel like she did it three times. Like three yeah. times she went in kind of yeah. unprepared. And they kept telling her, Will kept telling her, and Lucas were like, hey, I don't think you should do, be doing this by yourself. When Lucas was doing that, though, did you definitely think he was the killer? Like, hey, you probably shouldn't go down there and discover that it was me. <laughs> I didn't think he yeah. was the killer, but I knew he knew something that he didn't want her to find out. Like there was especially after she followed those footsteps back, like those that foot trail all the way back to the entrance, and he's standing at the very top, like staring down at her. Yeah. Yeah. After the stair sequence, I was thinking it might be like a a brother sister love triangle. I I wondered that. That crossed my mind. I did wonder that. I was like, there's there's some shit going on there. And we I could tell the relationship was weird between the brother and sister. I just went in the Mm. opposite directions. Yeah. (laughs) I thought she loved him too much when that was not the case. She hated Yeah, same hated but But it was a great book. I enjoyed it. Sounds like we all enjoyed it. Good pick, William. Good pick. Very good pick. I'm so excited about the sequel. I I wasn't aware that one was coming out. I'll have to it, mark it on it my calendar. Out, it's called The Retreat, and it comes out April 12, 2022. It is the so the series is called Detective Ellen Warner Number Two. Ooh, there's a synopsis. Says from the New York Times bestselling author of The Sanatorium, a Reese's Book Club pick, Detective Ellen Warner's second outing as she uncovers the truth behind the suspicious deaths on a stunning island getaway. Most are here to recharge and refresh, but someone's here for revenge. 
An eco-wellness retreat has opened on an island off the English coast, promising rest and relaxation. But the island itself, known locally as Reaper's Rock, has a dark past. Once the playground of a serial killer, it's rumored to be cursed. Detective Ellen Warner is called to the retreat when a young woman's body is found on the rocks below the yoga pavilion in what seems to be a tragic fall. But the victim wasn't a guest. She wasn't meant to be on the island at all. A guest drowns in a diving incident the following day. Ellen starts to suspect that nothing accidental. there's nothing accidental about these deaths. But why would someone target the guest and who else is in danger? Ellen must find the killer before the island's history starts to repeat itself. Sounds pretty good. That sounds good. Reaper's Rock? Are you kidding me? Okay, so can Ellen get, like, an upgrade from detective to, like, an Interpol agent or something (laughs) to have jurisdiction in all these places? And, yeah, is she... I wonder if she's like gets assigned to this case, or if she's on the island like on her honeymoon. Oh, you know, like she has to help out. Like some hurricane's gonna come hit or something. She's gonna <laughs> have to give some helping hands. <laughs> gonna keep them based on your synopsis her. that you just read. It kind of sounded like they called her in this time. They like she wasn't her in. just on vacation. But yeah. If the mysterious stranger is following mm-hmm. her, then mm-hmm. he could definitely start some stuff up on her vacation. Yeah, Sarah, we're going to need some answers about that in this book. Also, if it is her vacation, Ellen, you got to stop going on vacation just for everybody right. else's sake. <laughs> right, because, girl, every time you go on vacation, people die. Something happens. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, such a good book. I enjoyed it. Um, So next, anything else we need to talk about from the sanatorium? I think we hit it all. No, I think we we pretty much covered it. Okay. So next week we're reading Survive the Night by Riley Sager. Lacey and I made an executive decision. It's Sager. If that's wrong, Riley, let us know. Yeah. But we're reading Survive the Night. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get started so I don't have to read 100 pages the day we're recording. Same. It's also. Or hopefully same. It's like 318 pages, so a little shorter than the sanatorium, but I'm excited. This one's all over Bookstagram. I always like Riley's books. This one better not have a shitty ending like that last book. What was the last one? Home Before Dark? Something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still pissed. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, William, are you going to read this one with us? I haven't decided yet. I, I've got to... <laughs> I might have to emotionally recover from this one. <laughs> no, keep the spooky vibes going till October. Yeah, <laughs> you have such an interest. I love the things that you talk about because they are things that I wish I could think about. Like, you sound so smart in the things you bring up. And I'm like, wow, those are things that we about. You hit all the stuff that we forget to hit. Yes. Yes, like the character development and how she like personifies inanimate objects. I'm like, damn, he's like way smarter than us. <laughs> I have been listening to 52 weeks of this show, so I've gotten good at analyzing. You were I an AP class kid, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You went to college. Those are college words. <laughs> for sure. Well, if you decide you want to read it, I mean... We'd love to have you on, or if you just want to, like, send us stuff to talk about, whatever you want, we're down for it. 
I'll consider it. We'll see. Okay. We'll see what your fans think of this episode, I guess. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what they think. We'll find out tomorrow. They're All gonna right, love so it. Yeah, they're gonna love it. They loved when you were on last time, so they're gonna love when you're on this one too. Oops, my bad. Um, survive the night next week, Tuesday. Um, so that means my pick would be next. Oh, shit, I didn't pick a book. Let me see when that's gonna air. Let me see when school starts. So next week is gonna be the seventeenth. So then that would mean. The next episode is the 20th. So that's the day school starts. So I could, so do we want to do another book? Yeah, absolutely. While we can. Hold on. I'm looking at my bookshelves real fast. <laughs> uh, well, I'll announce it next week on the episode. I'll tell you, Lacey, so you can order it and everything, but I, I was not prepared. I'm sorry. Or we may reveal it on Instagram. Or yes, we'll definitely reveal it on there, but um I yeah, I can't decide yet. I'll think about it. But survive the night for sure next week. That's all I got. Do y'all have anything? No. Questions, nope. comments, suggestions, two bookworms yes. one podcast at gmail dot com. Or Instagram at two bookworms one podcast. Bye guys. Bye. Say bye. Yeah. <sighs>